0: Hi, this is Aaron McManus, and you are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast, and I'm here with my incredible, incredible father. Oh, I was dad last uh, episode, but I'm back to father. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I see a few things. I see a few things. You're wearing new uh, Mosaic home team merch for conference that's happening to Tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow we have our Mosaic one-day conference all day long. Um, is it too late to sign up and get access to?
1: Absolutely not. In fact, uh, someone, this couple um, DM'd me from Mexico. They said, hey, we want to go. We can't afford to go. Is there any way we could do some work to pay up, make the difference for the fee?
0: But there is a free option. And it's, I told
1: them, hey, it's a recommended registration, but it's free to everyone who cannot afford it. So just register and come and enjoy it. I just sent a, um, uh, a message to some friends in Singapore and said, hey, access this, get on it. So if you can't afford it, just register and join us. But don't miss our Mosaic One Day conference on Saturday.
0: Yeah, we, we put a monetary value on it because we do believe things have value and That's we right. should pay for things if you can. And obviously this is a, a trying time with COVID, Go for free. Or or fill your house with people and, and pay the, the group fee. or But at the end of the day, or give afterwards. You or give if afterwards. you have tons of income, give way more than give the Give way more fee. and register your whole town. Yeah. And
1: I think some of it is that we actually have a value for valuing work. Yes. So we never say things are free because they're never free. I mean, someone else has paid for it.
0: Yeah. And, and you say that too. And, and we we have... It stems from the fact that we have a really young church, and so Mm -hmm. if we gave away everything for free, we would be giving away the value of an understanding of what paying for something that actually has incredible value. We would also
1: be creating a dependency in an unhealthy culture where people feel that everything should be free in life rather than um, I should actually value my own development, my own growth um, enough to pay for things that make me
0: better. Right. So I love it. You're wearing yeah. some. I'm wearing some. They're actually going to paint these, and Ooh. so these will look a bit different, which is kind of cool. So check it out. Mosaicconference.com says my boss in the corner, <laughs> uh, and there's going to be some clothing. I'm sure it'll be attached to the link. So should so talking about getting everything for free. Should we go straight into universal healthcare or? <laughs> Should we go easy today? I think we should probably save that
1: conversation, which is a really important one for another podcast. Oh, like a different podcast entirely, or can we do it here on Battle Ready? Right here on Battle Ready, (laughs) but but a different episode. Because right now, I have post-election exhaustion, and we still don't really know who our president is, although we have a sense uh, of who it may be. And I think today's episode is pretty much... um, the where are we now? What are you feeling? What are we seeing? What are we hearing? What's going on? And uh, both from just a practical level in terms of the politics that's going on, but also on a human level, what are people feeling? What are the reactions?
0: We have had an overwhelming response from the, from the last episode, handling disappointment. Mm-hmm. And one, I think you brought such brilliance to the conversation. And you
1: brought such courage Thank to you. the conversation.
0: The response has been immense, Mm -hmm. overwhelming, so many emails, so many comments, so many shares, so many DMs, people are disagreeing, but disagreeing with such kindness. And respect. And respect. Yeah. And I think we're doing something really different here on the podcast where we're disagreeing, reserving the right to change our minds. We're disagreeing with permission. And I think we're doing it in such a way that like it's genuinely like in uh how do you say it? It's genuinely creating a new culture, which I think is so, so cool. Um with that said, in the responses, something that I keep seeing is well, I was going to the voting booth and had an so much anxiety. I was going to the bo- voting booth and I'm in turmoil. I'm I'm stressed out. I do not know who to vote for. What do I do? And and I think a lot of it was people just kind of venting and saying the podcast helps so much, even though we definitely did not tell people how to vote. I think we talked about like our inner turmoil of voting and this conversation. So to continue the conversation, but make a different one, where should we go from here? Where do we go from here? They haven't announced a winner.
1: Yeah. And I, I love what you said last time that we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to teach you how to think. Yeah. And that's
0: so powerful. You, did I say that or did you say that? No, you said that. I said that? <laughs> no. I said it? I have to pull that clip. <laughs> Amazing. And I felt good today. For
1: the last several presidential elections, the voting booth was in our garage. Our entire community would vote yeah. at our house. The mayor of LA. The mayor of Los Angeles would vote in our house. And yeah. then. And all the really fascinating um, Hollywood celebrities that live near us would come and vote in our house. And I would usually not be there, but Kim would be there hosting. And so she would see all these people, and the mayor would always be the first person voting. This year was different because of COVID. So they moved. Did they do it in our neighborhood still? They moved it to different uh, locations, uh, like schools and stuff. Yeah, so okay. we had to go somewhere else. And uh, But we've always had a little bit of, uh, I guess, um, pride as citizens that our home was used yeah. as the place where people would vote. And it's fascinating when you think about it, that you are hosting people to vote at your home who are voting for your candidate, against your candidate, yeah. who hold your positions, who hate your positions. It's interesting. And and it's it's a neighborhood experience. And and, and yeah, I, I got to say, I'm really tired. I mean, I'm exhausted. I stayed up till 3 a.m. Uh, on election eve. And of course, I was uh, finishing... The manuscript for my next book while I was watching all the uh, political updates. And I was going back and forth, mostly between CNN and Fox, a little bit of MSNBC, but a lot of MSNBC paralleled CNN. So I felt like I could just go between CNN and Fox and see what the two different perspectives were. And, and it is really fascinating to think that the era where objective news is gone. And it's absolutely gone. You have to change the channel to get a different perspective. Yeah, so I'm not watching anybody for objectivity. No. I'm, I'm watching CNN to know how everyone who's praying and hoping that Biden wins is yeah. reading the election. And I'm going yeah. over to Fox to see how everyone who's praying and hoping that that Trump wins is, is seeing the election. And, and then I'm just going back and forth trying to... Um, Make sense of it, because what's interesting to me is that it's not even about uh, about uh, opinions. It's how they're interpreting data. I mean, even the interpretation of data um, is tainted and skewed and affected by a person's um, values, their um, worldview, their positions or policies, and and so maybe there never was a time of objective journalism. Maybe we just didn't know. <laughs> And, uh, but I think the era of objective journalism is pretty much gone. It's been gone, I think, for a little for bit. for quite a while. Yeah. And um, but there's so much going on right now with I guess there's already cases that are being filed for the Supreme Court, and and there are already like I, I listen to. Um, Joe Biden's speech on... on it's not uh, elect- Supreme Court yet. N- not yet? Just
0: the courts.
2: They, yeah, they filed lawsuits in a couple states. Michigan. Yeah. The, some, like, I think the one in Georgia has been dismissed already.
1: There's one in Nevada.
2: Yeah, Nevada and Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. I think in Wisconsin. the Trump campaign is asking for a recount. Yeah. Pennsylvania, they're trying to stop the counting counting, right right, now because there's such amount of mail-in ballots.
1: Yeah. And so I I listened to both candidates, listened to Joe Biden speak that night. And I stayed up and listened to um, uh, President Trump speak, which was very, very late. It was incredibly late when he um, finally... um, Are you talking about election day or election night? Election night. Okay. Yeah. So this was after, I think after midnight or somewhere like that. It was pretty late. It was almost 3
2: a.m. Eastern time.
1: Yeah, it was the latest um presidential update I think that has ever been given. And and so there's a lot going on right now and I've been trying to pay attention and listen to people and and, and but on the broader level I want to go back to dealing with disappointment in that um how we react in this moment is really important. You know, how you respond both as uh, a winner and a loser. I guess I'll just use that kind of language, right? You know, and Because uh, I think I just saw this, um, this quote from AOC that said, why do we listen to people who lost? And um, it just literally popped up on, um, on my iPhone. And my answer is uh, because that's how you create a healthy democracy. Because uh, when the Republicans were in charge, they really should have been listening to the people who lost. And that's how you create a better society, how you create a better democracy. And so my question, I guess, right now would be— um, Can I
0: ask you a question well, to you, AOC? <laughs> no, you, you asked the question first, though.
1: No, my, my, my question there would be, uh, AOC, the reason you listen to people who lost is because you will not always win. And how you treat the people who lost will have a, a significant effect and impact on how they treat you—
0: when you lose, but that is the point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is how you lose and how you treat the winner and how you win and you treat, and how you the, treat loser. the loser. Right? If you can, if we can bridge that gap, we will evolve as a country and as a species in a way we we have never seen before. But to AOC, my question is, how? Why do we listen to you? You've never done your job before.
2: Can I give you the full quote? Sure. So, so that her full quote, yes, was of course. Uh, why do we listen to people who lost elections as if they are experts in winning elections?
1: Yes, uh, because they have won elections. Yeah, potentially. See, so what she's saying is actually more inaccurate mm-hmm. because the people who lost the election haven't lost every election. They yes. actually won an election that no one thought they would win. Mm-hmm. And then you have senators who also did win the election in the party that lost the presidency. And you have people in the House who actually flipped seats in the House that were Republican, even though the White House lost and So to, to put it in black and white issues, like there's a losing and a winning, a loser and a winner, is not even an accurate uh, assessment of our political reality. Would you say that's fair, Brian? Yeah, not accurate. And so what I would say is we listen— we listen to AOC because she was elected by her district. That's why we listen. Mm-hmm. She did win an election. She won an election. Two. She was reelected. But you would. But AOC wouldn't have listened to Trump just because he won an election. Mm-hmm. So just winning an election doesn't really, in a sense, give you the credibility to be heard by everyone. Yes. And that's why losing an election doesn't take away your credibility from being heard. Yeah. And we need to stop pretending this is an all-or-nothing kind of contest. I mean, one of the things that really struck me, and maybe it's because I live in L.A. and in California, is I'm shocked that the election has been so close.
0: Yeah. Same, to be honest. I thought it would go one way or the other. Right.
1: And and I think the Democrats genuinely believed it would be like a blue wave. And and I, I don't know if I can say this, but like, President Trump is not an incredibly likable... Candidate, like as a person, we can all agree on this. <laughs> you you I mean, said you detest the man. But I you. said
0: I didn't like him. I just voted for him because I, I, because, because at the point, it's, it's, you, know, you want to listen why I voted. You can listen last episode.
1: Well, well, my whole point of this is that you couldn't have a candidate on the Republican side who could be more unlikable in the way he approaches people, issues, lack of empathy, and yet the election is. Still a narrow victory, you if could, it's, a, but, it's if it's a victory for
0: for Vice President Joe Biden. But you could say it on the other side too, because when have we seen other than I actually really do like mm-hmm. former Vice President Joe Biden? Do you just mm-hmm. call him Vice President Biden? I did, but I was just no, I, know. I, no. I'm saying, do yeah. you? I, I don't know the proper. T- yeah, I think you yeah. just call him Vice President yeah. Joe Biden. He's a very likable human being. I don't agree with his policies, but like as a human being, he's very likable. The thing that the thing that you could parallel is that he barely campaigned. He barely gave speeches. I told my wife I've never seen someone win the
1: presidency without campaigning for it. This is the first time.
0: It's really interesting. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. If he if if Joe Biden is the next president of the United States, it is re- it is remarkable.
1: So my whole point and I think that's why AOC's quote is relevant to our conversation today is that whichever—it's Friday for the podcast, so we're, we have some sense of who's going to win, but we don't have certainty yet. And so I want to leave some so room you, for— So if something happens in the next 24 hours, we'll talk it, about it It, could, it could change uh, the context of our conversation. But what I would say is even if, assuming Joe Biden wins the election, America's clearly split— uh, um, about which candidate they were supporting. And, and I think a lot of people voted for Joe Biden whereas they said to me they were actually voting against Donald Trump, not necessarily for Joe Biden. They voted for the other guy. And a lot of people voted for Donald Trump even though they didn't really want to vote for him as a person. And... I think we should step back. I think the Democrats, if they hold a presidency, should step back and go, what are, what are we missing in the conversation? You know, where should we be paying attention? Just like that's what the Republicans should have been doing while they held power. How you hold power says more about you than, um, than how you
0: even respond without power. I want to talk about doors closing and opening and how we can see doors opening and closing mm-hmm. in our lives, and how we can kind of connect that to what's going on, I think now, because how, whoever loses will have to identify that, that a gigantic door has closed. Right. But before it, there is like some there are some weird conspiracy things happening. And I don't want to make this show about that. But like I have like I have friends in Arizona. We have friends in Wisconsin, yes, friends in Nevada. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, actually, my childhood best friends in Nevada. But I have friends in Arizona who said their ballots were canceled. Okay, so we're just gonna go ahead, and just go into the like, deep darkness of like, conspiracy for
1: a few minutes because it's 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 interesting and a little y- bit fun. It's definitely interesting and fun because like one <laughs> where
0: do you go from here? Because you have both sides. You have Bernie Sanders. I woke up this morning and watched his video, which I actually like really like Bernie Sanders. I do not like his policies. So if you're listening and you're like, "Well, you said this, but now you're this," no, but he's a very entertaining human being. I wish he was my grandpa. <laughs> 100%. And he has honest convictions. He does. And, and I really like, respect people who are yes. honest about what they Even if I completely disagree, I'm like, are. I like th- I, I like it. that I know who you are and yes. what you're running
1: for. And, yes. And I don't have to... I uh, wonder if I voted for you or didn't vote for you. If
0: I misunderstood you, I, I well, like- we understand and we said no, but but we <laughs> no. still like you as a person. He said this thing. He said we knew President Trump was going to do this. He was going to fight. He wasn't going to give up power. He was going to do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but this on the same side. President Trump has said from the beginning they're going to steal the election. They're going to cancel ballots. They're going to make. They're going to do shady things in in, in the polls. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to see because now you have, I have friends in Arizona who literally said they were provided with the wrong pen at the at the vote booths that they were provided with sharpies not black pens and they said is this what we're supposed to use they said yes this is what you're supposed to use and so you have that and you're like in a red neighborhood in a red district which I, I imagine this stuff happens on both sides but it is interesting when you have wisconsin who has more voters voting for biden than vote than have registered to vote how does that work
2: I haven't seen that conspiracy.
0: Have
1: you not seen it yeah, in Wisconsin? Uh, not as conspiracy. I, I saw the numbers up on um, on one of the um, sp- newscasts. Hold and
0: on. I'll pull it up too. Fact but I,
1: I I think here's... One thing the I told Kim is, this is going to be so good for our country because uh, by the next election, we're going to have a really clean like election process. And, you know, I... I, I'm, I don't know. I have a sense of confidence that whoever actually won will, will be declared the winner. Uh, y- you know, I, I have to say, I was so disappointed in Donald Trump when he got up there and basically on election night said, There's all this cheating going on, they're trying to steal the election. That, that part of me, that's just um, a man. I'm just like I'm. I'm not talking as a pastor or or as a, a theologian or anything like that. As a man, I thought, "Come on, you got to have more dignity than that. You you have to stand in this moment, <clears throat> teaching people how to win and how to lose." That that was my media thought. Just just man to man kind of moment where I thought, um, "You have to stand there and say." Um, we gave, it, we gave it our best shot, and we respect the democratic process of our nation. We uh, believe in our system. And, uh, and yes, we're going to question places where there's a margin of error uh, because that's a part of what you're supposed to do to protect the people that are voting. But, um, but when you become president, you're, you're never over the law, you're under the law. So I was, I was actually disappointed in his response, and um, yes, and I, and I, felt, and I felt what he said was really destructive to our democratic process and to
0: our society. It was also very good that like people on the far right were ripping him for it. Like, like it was good that Ben Shapiro came out and was like, this is like added, like very, very wrong, and, and you look crazy and all these things. Yeah. I want to fact check myself. It was just a rumor. They're figuring it out, the Wisconsin thing. But you hear stuff like this, and I just say like I reserve the right to change my mind and also be fact checked <laughs> by Brian. So hopefully he cuts me out and makes me look less. But gone. I saw that too
1: on the news, so it's interesting. It how is, you have and, these, and, and we you also know.
0: watch all the news. We're not watching. Yeah. We like pretty adamantly like switch between CNN, Fox News, yeah. and MSNBC. And that's why
1: I take all the news with a grain of salt because I know I'm being manipulated by somebody. <laughs> oh.
0: And you hear stuff, and so no, but with that said, I like, it, but the Arizona thing, no, no I'm I am literally glad you have screenshots because, of the Arizona thing, though. But I'm glad you Different. brought it up
1: because our whole nation is being manipulated right now um, on, on both ends. And I just heard this, um, I guess they asked, I think it was the California health expert, um, oh, oh, when is, um, is there going to be an end to the quarantine? They said, well, that would only be after the election. And I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does the election have to do with quarantines? And uh, is the quarantine that, contingent
0: upon the election? It in the in the quote sounds like it, but but this is this is an interesting thing too, though, because I have friends that are international now mm-hmm. that are saying, yeah, everything's shutting back down, but we'll see what happens after no after November third, <laughs> November fourth. And I'm like, even people from. From other countries, from UK, Europe, are going, and Australia are going, no, no, we know what's going on. Something's going on in the US and it's affecting the entire world. Not to say there wasn't something going on that was actually real, but but it does feel very politically connected to what is happening in our country right and now. I, and
1: I just want to say that um, if electing Joe Biden as president will bring an end to the quarantine, <laughs> I'm so happy.
0: <laughs> hey, how do, where's that? What's the website with, with I voted for Joe Biden? Because <laughs> I'm to give myself a hat.
1: I'm voting against COVID and against the quarantine as much as possible. And today I had a conversation with a doctor and they're not just a, a physician. They own a medical center and they oversee a, re, a retirement center. And, uh, and one of the things they were talking about... And uh, the doctor's wearing double masks, so they're being super responsible and yeah. and very careful. And um, and they said we have I have seen people die from COVID. And and she said in the, in the retirement center, um, there was about ten percent of the people who died. That's so sad. And um, and and she said we had a couple of issues. The our mayor our our, our city tried to force COVID patients who were senior adults back into the nursing homes, even though they knew they had COVID and they were forcing them back into the nursing homes and forcing the nursing homes to take them. And they said, we fought it. And fortunately, in our place, we were able to to fight it and stop it. And keep them like in hospitals? But that's what happened. Yes, in hospitals, because in hospitals, you're isolated and you're quarantined, which is what happened to New York, uh, if my understanding is correct, that... um, they were the senior adults who had COVID, were for, they were sent back to the nursing homes and they forced nursing homes to take them. And, but the other thing she did say was even though 10% of our patients have died of COVID, all of them were people who were on the thin thread of life and death. That they, they were not people who um, you were shocked or surprised that something could actually um, be fatal. And some of them had other significant health issues that they might have died this year anyway. And so here's a a doctor saying, I've seen the actual effect of it, Um, but I also know that when we're writing COVID, it's not a clear-cut situation.
0: It was something that was super interesting to me because a friend of mine sent me a text saying, um, "I think I don't even remember who it was, Mm -hmm. or I'd pull it up." They they were watching the election news Mm -hmm. as well, and then it said there was a poll that was on, and they weren't even they didn't mean to send me this exact thing, but it was Mm -hmm. on in the background, and it said, uh, "81 percent of people does do not know someone with COVID, and do not know someone who died with COVID." I think that was CNN, right? I CNN, think, I think That but, said that. Yeah, eighty-one percent. And then nineteen uh, knew someone who had passed away. Right, nineteen percent. And I thought it was so interesting. I'm like, yeah. we have a very large country that is a huge amount of people in major cities that do not know someone who has died of COVID, or maybe it's middle yeah. of America. I'm not entirely sure, but.
1: And I only bring this up not not to create a COVID conspiracy no, at no, all. No, no. We're just I only I only bring this up because data can be manipulated, and the moment um the election is confirmed or the moment you know um let's say president the Biden becomes president, it wouldn't be hard to suddenly come back out and go, Oh, we're re-looking we at all of this and now we don't need quarantines and we don't need this. So if that happens, let's let's mark this
0: on this podcast. Wait, didn't we didn't and, uh, we mark did we mark an earlier podcast? Yes we did. That said if the left wins, COVID's over. And uh, we're saying there's a, um, no, I think that, that um, I, I can't remember. Do you remember what we said? I'm genuinely, I, I can't remember what
1: we said. We made a prediction. We did make some predictions and we'll go back yeah. to those later. I, I'll, I can go back and look, but
2: I do remember you saying that it'll be interesting, like you were, yeah. you did your thing Well, it'll be interesting come November 4th, if all of a sudden.
1: Well, I do think um, that, that Joe Biden would be more cautious mm-hmm. about COVID. Which is what his public platform is on COVID. Super conservative. Uh, funny, it's interesting. The Democrats, super conservative. Um, high quarantine, high mask, shutting down businesses. That's basically the platform in some ways. And then Trump's platform was free America. Right? You know, yeah. Everybody gets we're to go back trying, to war. We're not trying to deal with it anymore. Everybody's right? going to go back to play. Well, let's just go back to life and let it happen. And, um, and that may have more effect on the outcome than... Uh, or the voting than we thought, um, but I, I just wanted to just lay out that what we see in the media, and I'm not even meaning that there there's um, malintent because people just have their own filters, um, and what we're hearing is affected by people's political positions, by their um, their social views, their their cultural influence, and. And that's why we have to have conversations like this, and allow ourselves to be wrong, and allow ourselves to keep changing our mind and getting more information, but but not um, allowing ourselves to be limited in our thinking. Because right now,
0: if you don't think a certain way, you're 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 really gonna be like burned at the stake. Yeah, I do think this is interesting. So maybe if you're mm-hmm. listening to this or you're watching this, let's do this in the comments on Instagram at Battle Ready mm-hmm. Podcast, uh, the IG, the most recent. Post will be of this episode. Comment and let us know. Would no matter who wins, do you feel safer in a country in the United States if, despite who wins, going back to completely normal life, no masks, no quarantine, full restaurants, back to normal? Kids go to school. Whatever it may be, movie theaters, churches, everything, but not for religious reasons, but just for like safety reasons. Do you feel comfortable enough going back to work in the same way that you used to? Or are you hesitant on any level? Are you hesitant? Do you need masks? Do we need to quarantine? Do we need to do homeschool? Do we need to work from home for a while? Like, I'm curious to hear what people think, like, just non politically, like, do Mm. you feel safe enough to go back? Because I will say, Like I feel fine going to a restaurant. I've been in restaurants, we were in Wyoming. You weren't, but you should have Mm -hmm. been, it was awesome. And, but we were back in restaurants. I didn't feel unsafe, but I was also very much distance from the next table. You know, we, we were together, like we were more than 10 feet away from the next table plenty of space there is no reason but then you're like put your mask on but then the moment you sit down you take your mask off so what is the difference between having your mask on between the door and the table and having your mask off while you're there and you're coughing and everyone's laughing and and projectiles spit saliva <laughs> things are flying into the to the atmosphere thank but, you for that description <laughs> but, I, but i do I, I do want to poll i do want to poll and if you're polling don't be obnoxious just say like i feel safe or i don't feel safe or like i think masks should be a thing or i think quarantine should you be did a, a poll thing. once and people started s- telling you you're irresponsible and you're a part of the problem just because
1: you're asking people for a poll.
0: Yeah. And I'm always a part of the problem. For <laughs> sure. I <laughs> no, will but, always be a part of the problem. But I was just on a plane for five hours and they filled
1: every single seat. Yeah. That's funny too, right? isn't it? And, it's like a nightclub on some yeah, of these airlines. So, so, so there like, oh, oh, were, they were okay. an economy and the tightest seats in the world. And uh, how can we be sitting next to each other for five hours and then you can't sit in the restaurant for but, one hour. Well, well you had to there. wear a
2: mask the whole time, right? What's that? You had to wear a mask the entire time on you the plane, right? You to wear right?
0: a mask the entire time. Mm-hmm. But not all masks are equal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and w- w- we were on a pl- No, no. Were we were on a plane together. I can't remember where we were going. Oh, I think I was flying back by myself. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. But they were like, you all have to be more than six feet away. And I'm like, this is impossible. The whole plane is like eight feet, like we're all within six feet of each other. Yeah. And people were just like, so frustrated. And the woman and like, the steward, stewardess was getting so mad at this one guy and he's like, look, I'm a big boy. <laughs> And there is, I'm not six feet away from anyone. There's no way. Where do you want me to go? And he was being kind about it. They're having a dialogue, but she's like, I understand. It's a bit ridiculous mm-hmm. because you're so tight with every. every but I'm like, how do people supposed to sit six feet away when you're in three people in a row and you may not know everybody? It doesn't yeah. make sense. The rules do not apply everywhere.
1: Yeah, because flying to Dallas, that was economy, and we were like sardines. F- I flew to New Jersey. I was on business class. Thank you, Elise. I'm so sorry you did and- fly economy. <laughs> and, uh, but even there. It was a really small business class and no one was six feet apart. Everyone was like no. one foot apart. and No. And and so I have to like wonder if we really believe these things, why are we able to be so inconsistent in that process? Yeah. And I, of course, I don't want it to be consistent. I want to be able to fly. I want to be able to go to places. But um, I, I just think we need to like put this little note up here. If, if things begin to suddenly almost instantly in January, February begin to change a perspective, we should realize it's more political than it is environmental or or biological or medical. And uh, and I and I and I I'm concerned because I I don't I, I just wanna I just want us to find, go back to the greatest amount of freedom we can, but I don't want to put people necessarily at risk. So here's the interesting thing, mosaic. Our community of faith, our church. Good. We just sent out how many mass? We we just sent out thousands of mass um, with the mosaic imprint on it to all the people who are part of our community that we had a, a mailing list for, and that um, we sent them. I think five packs, right? So there's five like per five per pack. We have uh, made by uh, a company that some friends of mine own that made the mass for the MLS and the MBA and. Um, and so, and one of the reasons I did that is because churches are oftentimes seen as irresponsible in this moment. They're seen as anti-science, and I wanted to, you know, for us as a church to go, no, we care about you, we we take this seriously, and we want to provide for you some really cool mass that um, might help you deal with this crisis just a little bit better. And, uh, and it's kind of a beautiful way when you're wearing a mask to be uh, like a, a witness of this community of faith uh, known as Mosaic. Uh, so I, I want you to hear me that I'm not coming from a place where I'm irresponsible. We've really led our church in responsibility. People have been asking me, hey, when are you guys going to meet together? And I've said, we don't meet together just for Christians. We meet together for the city. And so we will never do anything where our city, Los Angeles especially, would feel we're irresponsible, we're insensitive to their well-being. And so we're trying to navigate that really, really carefully, even though I really miss um, that aspect of community. But all this is in the context of where we now, and where we're right now is we have massive social distrust, and whether we like it or not, um, I'm sh- i i am a realist. I look at things and I go, of course there's some voter fraud. But I don't think that's new. No,
0: I don't think. This is a <laughs> funny
1: thing. I, I think there's we, probably been voter fraud since the beginning of this it, nation's inception.
2: It's it <laughs> small, de- it, small percentages.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, no way. There's George Bu- George, President George Bush. I am a fan of, of President George President George W. Bush. That is my guy. Is it HW? It's even HW no, is it. No, HW is
2: his father. He oh this it's W, that.
0: just W, no H. He definitely stole Florida. <laughs> that was definitely voter fraud. Oh, there is was... De- <laughs> His brother was the governor of Florida. Are we talking? That, look, we could say it's conspiracy or we could say his brother was the, if my brother, if my sister was the governor of Florida, she definitely wouldn't give me the president. That's for sure. But it, it's she, too. She might make sure it went the other sure way. Make sure it went the other way. Right. Well, okay. Okay. I don't want to
1: make statements that we can't substantiate. And like, President definitely George
0: was, W. Bush, if you're hearing this, I would just love a hug. <laughs> I like just, him so much, and I do.
1: Even like when you talk about journalistic um, manipulation. Okay, Jefferson. I think this is accurate. Which
0: Jefferson? Thomas, Thomas
1: Jefferson. Thomas started a, a newspaper <laughs> so that he could campaign against his opposition. <laughs> And so did Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, it's been going on for hundreds <laughs> for of years hundreds of years. It is like, not like new. Our founding fathers knew how to manipulate media and yes. journalism and the the news well, to to skew political positions, to destroy other candidates and to advance their <laughs> own agendas. We ta- so this is
0: not new. We've been doing this from the beginning. We were, we were talking about this last this last night, Brian. Fox News doesn't like Trump. <laughs> They're over him a little bit. No, they've been over him. Remember, do you remember four... I mean, that was, that's they the whole They did not Megan want him Kelly elected, thing. that's for sure. They did not want him elected four years ago. All I'm saying is, well, where do we want to go from here? That's no, what you're I'm, saying that, yeah, Fox definitely hasn't liked Trump. Fox hasn't liked Trump. But, <laughs> he he but, might need to take after Thomas Jefferson. He except except Sean
1: Hannity, he seems to really like <laughs> him. Sean love, Hannity love, does really seem
0: love love to Trump. like him. Right, but but Tucker Carlson yeah. doesn't really favor Trump, or does he? He does. I haven't listened to him. I much. think so. He's number one on television. Yeah. All
1: that to say that we're in the middle of a tornado. Tornado. It, it's a storm. cultural tornado. And, um, and and frankly, what we need to realize is far more important than Joe Biden or Donald Trump is confidence in America's democratic system.
0: Wait, which and is an interesting thought. Can you, can you, can I, can I, something, parenthetical thought? We have a Russian friend who I love, Sasha, yeah. but we were sitting down and it was the first time in my life, to be honest, because I'm such a, lo- like, I'm such a patriotic, loyal mm. person, where he's from, he's not Russian. I guess he's part Russian. He's, he's, Mo- he's Moldova,
1: yeah. His wife is Russian.
0: Wife is Russian, Russian right. adjacent. And for the, he was the first person that ever said this to me. And he said, oh, you are the only one who thinks, oh, I forget that Americans think um, the U.S. is perfect, that the U.S. is always the good guy. He goes, when you're in Eastern Europe, he goes, you know, Russia's the bad guy sometimes. You know China is the bad guy sometimes, and you definitely know America is the bad guy sometimes. And he's like, we have a, such a more clear perspective of the world. He's like coming from a small country who gets to watch all these giants fight it out politically or in the media mm-hmm. or X, Y, Z. And and it was like, it was like um, a hero had fallen in my mind <laughs> of, oh, no, you're right. Like, I can't just look at things from America is perfect. I have to look at things that there's probably just as much corruption we just don't bring it to light. Yeah. I mean, we're we're really upset. We have
1: this righteous indignation that Russia and, I don't know, other countries are trying to affect our election. Are we actually saying as a nation that we do not systematically and perpetually try to affect other
0: nations' elections? I would love for you to, at this moment, (laughs) Google what has been going on in Central America for the last 80 years in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama, or even Russia. And the reality, or is China that, and Africa. Look,
1: look I, I just think that this is a big boy game. Nations have been affecting nations for a long time, and <laughs> now, and now we're just like pulling the the blanket off, going, "Oh no! Oh, we're here too," <laughs> you know. And um, let's not get upset if suddenly a nation, other nations are getting better at it than us. <laughs> But the reality
0: is that... The reality is that we're becoming aware for the first time.
1: Yeah. And I just... Man, this is where I am an optimist because I come from another country and I know how hard it is to create what this country has actually created. Like, uh, I I think it's... I, I think that even given imperfect country, imperfect political system, imperfect voting system... I, I'm pretty confident the right candidate
0: will um, be elected. Well, I think it's what and, you said the last time, yeah. is that we can create a great world with either one of them. Yeah. We already live in such an amazing country. Yeah. Yes, there's flaws. Yes, there's things, there's critiques. But either candidate is better than some of some of the places in the world where you don't get to vo- yeah. vote, you don't get to voice your opinion. What we are doing now is an um, is an American right that, People in the, it is not a human right. It is an American right because mm-hmm. all of humanity does not have this ability to critique its own government and do not be tracked down in X, Y, Z. So with the, all of these things that we're saying, it is an actual – we're living in the same right and honor and gifting of just being able to have the conversation about it.
1: It's amazing. Here we are in the middle of a, um, a presidential – Pandemic? Crisis. No, no, I'm just yeah, our, a presidential uh, pandemic. This is, and and we don't know who our next president's going to be technically.
0: Michelle Obama, are you out there? Can you hear me? And please come back. But you, but, we, but I don't agree with their policies, but I love her. So don't don't critique me. Don't no, come at me right now. But Brian. here's the thing though. I just take a deep breath.
1: You still get up this morning and there is no militia or no military at but, your door
0: unless you're in Portland.
1: You could still go get your coffee. Yes. You could still take a walk.
0: Yes, I did this morning actually too.
1: And, and e- even if life is not everything you hope it should be, you can take a deep breath and you can realize you're alive and you're free. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just want to kind of step back and realize um, there's a battle going on, but we're going to get through it. And, 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 and there'll, be, there'll be a few lawsuits along the way. Um, but I, I actually have confidence that the Supreme Court, if it gets to it, um, will ethically and appropriately deal with the issues that are there. I have confidence that people across the nation have not tried to steal an election. I think to indict thousands upon thousands of Americans who are trying to help uh, the, le- the, le- the election process take place is worse than your candidate losing. See I, I actually think um, not working together to create a great American democratic process is is going to be our downfall, not which candidate is is president. So I want us to be able to celebrate that we can freely choose our Senate our house. We freely choose our president. And then if you don't like what happened, spend four years raising up better candidates. Spend four years coming up with better ideas. Spend four years developing a better party and stop blaming everyone else that you didn't win. Um, Ask yourself the question, why didn't I spend the four years developing a better message for the American people? So that's that's my thoughts on this. I had um, so many
0: things to say, but then you feel like you just closed this out so well. Um I I think we're done. I liked I liked this. I think I think it's a bit of a random podcast episode, but I kinda like it. It's like the aftermath.
2: I mean, we're in a random country right now. Yeah. We are in
0: a random country. We're in the aftermath of it all, and I think it's kind of interesting. And there's also there's a lot of stuff we're not talking about right now that we've been talking about mm-hmm. that we don't need to go into in this podcast, but there's a lot going on in the world, whether it's yeah. politicians, pastors, organizations, voting pandemics, actual pandemics. There's a lot happening. It it there is a heaviness to this thing. But I did wanna I did wanna yeah. talk about did you did wait, you wanna say no, something? Please go ahead. I did wanna talk about this. I got acupuncture <laughs> for the first time <laughs> last night. It sounds random. I've just been having back issues. So Went and got an You sent me to this acupuncturist yeah. And she's probably in her 50s Chinese Immigrant mm-hmm. um, Incredible woman Jenny
1: Mm-hmm she's a medical doctor from China yes. who became an acupun- acupuncture specialist in the States.
0: Yes. And it's awesome because I went to this chiropractor and she works out of the chiropractor office. Mm-hmm. And like, everyone is like, I listened to Battle already. I don't <laughs> believe in God. Awesome. Definitely don't believe in God, <laughs> but I listened to Battle already. And I'm like, have you, do you come to Mosaic? And they're like, we loved the end of democracy. We loved end <laughs> And I'm, she's sticking little needles. I don't even know what they look like. Into my neck. And she's like, and she is the sweetest. She's like, so motherly. She's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Bah. And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Please stop the <laughs> needle thing with my back. And she goes, um, who do you want to win? I said, I'm really open because I didn't. I don't. I don't know which way to go. It's a new friend. That's not the way we start the relationship. Yeah. And she goes, I come from a country that was socialist communist, and I don't know if the younger generation here understands what that looks like. And it was, and I'm just in there going, I cannot move because there's all these needles in my back, in my neck, and I'm just wanted to sit there and go, can you please just expound upon that? She was like, I'll see you in 20, 20 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and and it was fascinating because it, for me it it like whatever I lean left or right mm-hmm. in certain things, but for me it was really interesting because like I don't know if we look to the other countries and to the people that come from other countries to our country to ask why they left where they left and why it's a get, that's funny why they left where they left. That's not what I meant but why they came to this country and what they're bringing and what they're leaving and and for me it was such an eye-opening moment going, you know wh- whichever candidate it may be, we do need to still keep this the United States of America and that will look, a different way each and every election but that's kind of the beauty of it isn't it mm-hmm. that this country continues to evolve and yet it rises about above any ideals and policies to be the transcendent thing that we are an, a free nation and and we can we can it's crazy that as a country the, the biggest thing we're complaining about is is how free are we <laughs> like overall If Biden taxes us more, if there's universal health care, if there's a wall, which the funny thing about the wall in Mexico thing is every Mexican that I know, that I'm friends with is like, we don't walk across the border, man. We fly. (laughs) And it's like a laughing thing in Mexico. Do we let these things get in the way of the fact that like we are arguing over how free we are? Mm -hmm. We are a free country and a free people. We get to think freely, speak freely, live freely. And have we become, have we, um... Are we squandering it or wasting it?
1: Yeah, I, I think that the, the conversations that will elevate us is when we talk about, um, as free people, how do we take on social responsibility to make sure everyone has an opportunity for a better life, to live in
0: a better world? We, we that, were, talk, were we talking yeah. about this? About like, oh, no, I wasn't talking about this with you. I was rambling with someone, and I don't even know if it made sense. But I was saying we don't live in a first world country, because we say we live in a first world country, but really, first world is where no one, where no one has to do anything, um, no one's dying of homelessness and hunger. Like you know what I mean? Like, right. like that. That's that's like that's like that's like our ability to achieve. A level of humanity where where the entire community goes to someone who's in need, which mm-hmm. is the idea of universal healthcare and these different things, but we don't have the, the economic structure to actually back that in certain ways. But I was having this argument of going like, until the United States is the first country that goes, you know, every immigrant can come because this is a better country when you're here, because we see the value at that you bring and what this country brings to you, and no one dies because of homelessness, no one's dying because of drugs, no one's dying because of XYZ. That is the first world country. Like that is the that is the level. And I mean, you may disagree with this. Mm-hmm. We may cut this out. No. But I just true. had this thought of going like, no, the first world country is that like, is that ability to go as a society we will look at ourselves like an actual body and go, okay, the, the there's something sick inside of us, so we need mm-hmm. to actually take it, fix it, heal it, help it recover. Physical therapy, whatever it may be, and then adjust the next thing. It's a it's a never ending process of of fixing and and regulating and helping. But we're in a place still where we fight over what is the left arm going to do versus the right arm, and how are we going to treat each and every single muscle in our body. Yeah, yeah.
1: Here, here's I guess um, here's my invitation to everyone who can make a difference on the right. Yeah, oh, you're I'm,
0: skipping my what I just said. No, huh? I
1: think what you said is really important okay. because. Um, if you don't believe in socialism, then come back with policies that give everyone who's struggling with poverty, everyone who's hungry, everyone who isn't living the benefit of, quote, a first... Um, what do you, uh, you called First world country. First world country. Giving them the opportunity in our nation to leave a third world kind of environment to a first world opportunity. I'm actually just writing what you said. That yeah. I... I I think instead of um, picking flashpoint policies like abortion, be more holistic and come back with strategies that deal with the issues of poverty, of racism, of injustice, so that everyone in our nation has an opportunity to know their children are going to be well-educated, to know that their kids are going to get to eat, to know they're going to have a job that pays um, a reasonable wage. And I would love to see, I'm kind of hopeful, I I would love to see Republicans go, we're going to tackle some of the biggest social problems in America, and we're going to come up with a philosophy that we think could actually create a better world for everyone. Yeah, why can't we,
0: yeah, and this is bipartisanship, whatever it is, but why can't we just learn from the other side? Yeah. Like, what? I don't like AOC. Like, I definitely don't like AOC. Like, there's probably not a lot I like about her, except for that she's a living, breathing human, and I love that. But why aren't we having dialogue? She's one of the more intelligent human beings you will ever listen to. Why can't she sit with the other side and we ha- watch this thing combust? I imagine if you put her in a combination of other minds, some of the most remarkable things would ever be created. Mm-hmm. But we, we divide things, and, and I think we divide ourselves, and we end up like there's someone, someone commented on the Instagram like something about a civil war and like like in our country. <laughs> like we'll do it again. I'm like, who's we, bro? We are not doing a civil war. We good. This is not the Avengers. This is also not the 1800s. Is that when it happened the last time, 1700s, 1800s. Yeah, we're I not going to war with ourselves.
1: I, I, you know, if I could do like a soul check for myself, mm-hmm. one of the things I told Kim is, um, I don't know why, but I have a, I have a, a natural like, I guess, leaning that I think that if Trump wins, we're going to have a lot of rioting and a lot of violence. But if Biden wins, we will not have a lot of writing and a lot of violence. And so part of me was like, oh, I just hope Biden wins just so we don't have all the writing and violence. And I'm going, that's not actually a good posture because that's not the reason you should want someone to win so that that side doesn't respond negatively. And so here's, I would show this out because, you know, in a few days, we're going to know. Things are going to really settle. And whether you're on the right or the left, if you lose... Um, if you start responding through violence and destructive choices, that's not because the other side is evil. It's because you are making destructive choices. Because you are evil. You're making evil choices, and and I would say that to the right or to the left. Like you've, uh, we've got to learn how to one grow up, be mature adults, um, see ourselves as a part of a larger social uh, community where we have responsibility. And um, if you if you are on one side and you win, um, I hope that the other side chooses the battle of ideas, and then you know, and whether it's right or left, the way to win the future is the battle of ideas. It's it's and and I think that's one of the reasons I really admire this country, is because we do have an opportunity here to keep advancing better ideas. And by the way, like equality is a better idea. You know, a, a world where every person is valued is a better idea. A world where everyone has a chance to work and to eat and to thrive, that's a better idea. See, I, I think the human ideals are better ideas and we have a rare opportunity in this nation to keep advancing the better ideas.
0: Mm, I love that. With that, we could talk forever, but with that, I think we should close it out. Is that okay? Yeah, that's, that's fine. so incredible. Um, one who knows what will happen when this podcast is released, Right. but we are so grateful that you listen and that you're with us and that you are watching and, and you're letting us into your homes, into your lives, into your cars, and, and, and having this conversation with us twice a week. Um, we are so grateful. We want you to join us at the conference, Mosaic Conference. We don't really advertise Mosaic too much. We talk about mm-hmm. it as our life, but it's our church. It's our home. So if you are you want to be a part of it, uh, mosaicconference.com. Oh, great. I got it right on the first time.
1: I register today and join us tomorrow.
0: Yeah, join us tomorrow. Um, so excited. Will it be on for... Will, can you delay and watch it whenever you want? I don't know. To be honest, we've noticed the time we take it down. Um, so yeah, you got to watch pick, it. Pick and it up
1: the- on Saturday because there's no guarantee it's going to stay up.
0: Yes, and then the second thing is you can rate this podcast. You can review this podcast. Honestly, it means the world to us. You send us so many emails. So if you send us an email, one thank you. I'm about 190 emails behind and I promise you I answer about 10 to 20 of them a day. And so I took one... One week off and it was the the bane of my existence because cause I'm so far behind. So send us an email, but also write and review the podcast. We're so grateful. We're so grateful for the encouragement, the support, the DMs, the messages, all of it. Would and I, like I to- just wanted
1: to thank everyone because yes. I was reading the comments yeah. from our last podcast. And even the people who disagree with us, they were so respectful, uh insightful, kind, gracious, uh, and so many uh were encouraging. Yeah. And I just want to take a moment and thank you guys because you're creating a culture for the Battle Ready community
0: that is rare in the world. Yeah, I did. I do normally get encouraging texts from a few people that I did not get encouraging texts from this week. Uh, not not you, I'm not looking at you, I'm just looking at you in general. Um, <laughs> and, but I but it, that was interesting because I, I know that what I said definitely offended some people, but I was really sure. grateful the fact that some people, instead of coming at me, will at some point I'm sure will have a conversation and then some people came at me, and 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 but ninety nine percent of the response was positive. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was. And it wasn't people saying I agree with you. It was people saying, "Hey, I really disagree with you. I voted the yeah. complete opposite way." And but I'm glad you spoke up about it. I'm glad you said something. So yeah. I love this conversation, and I'm. I think we're gonna keep growing, keep building it.
1: And we made a commitment.
0: What Bell Ready is yes. the
1: conversation you wished was happening here. It is.
0: <sighs> oh, that is so. good. That already the conversation you wish was ha- you wish was happening. Yeah, it's like the I no no that. the conversation
1: you always wanted to you know uh,
0: to have happen, and like we're trying to make that happen. You have the permission to disagree, but we reserve the right to change our minds. So we will see you on Tuesday with our next episode, and also our Hillsong Channel show is starting back up. Oh, that's right, we, Hillsong Channel starting this weekend. Starting this weekend. Uh, it's not going to release this weekend, but I we're know, filming think, this week. I think it is going to release is? this
1: weekend. Oh, That's no. why they want us to talk about the election.
2: Are we going to change our podcast schedule because of that?
0: Probably not. Just double the work. <laughs> what? No <laughs> way. No way. We got to do this for the people, Getting for the friends, for the fam. All right. Paul, do you want battle ready
1: once a week or do you want it twice a week? Tuesday or, and Friday? You, or or would you like, like, like it, or it every
0: day of the week? batter ready breakfast. That's not an option. Pull. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. All right. Have a great week.